Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. All right. Well, I'm going to warn you that I have never preached this sermon before. Um, it's something God dropped in me on Sunday, one word, and I'm going, all right, now what do I do with that one word? And that, and I'm just, and today I, I said to myself, uh, no, I don't want to do that. No, I don't. So I had something else pulled out and I was going, oh yeah, this would be good. Yep. 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 This is good. This is good. Yep. This is good. This is good. And somewhere about a little before five, I went, I can't do it. I can't do it. I got to go back and figure out what this is he wanted me to talk about. I've got to figure this out. So I'm not sure how it's going to come out, but uh, I'm just going to trust God that uh, whatever it is he wants said is going to get said. You know, when you when you struggle with something that this much today, and you keep going, I don't want to do that. Doesn't make a bit of sense to me, Lord. How do I put this together in some kind of fashion that's going to make sense? I'm just going to have to trust him, okay? I'm going to trust him that I can say it and that you can hear it, okay? That's, that's, where, that's just where we're And you may, you may look at me after it's over and go, what was the big deal? You know, and, and maybe stop. If that's the case, I'm going to go home and get under the covers and not come back until for, for, on Sunday. So, <laughs> you know, I have learned the hard way. There are times when you leave the pulpit and you're just feeling like you just need to go crawl in a hole. And so a good friend of mine said, I've been the same place. I have literally walked straight out the door, straight to my car before. So I learned this, just leave it in the pulpit. Just whatever it was, leave it in the pulpit. So tonight, I might just have to leave it in the pulpit. <laughs> I don't know. But I'm, te- I'm telling you, what the God dropped in my heart on Sunday was just one word, and it's place. Pastor, I don't know what he was talking about Sunday morning, but the word place and, or places just was like bingo. I mean, it was kind of like this light bulb went on. So today, I began to look, and there's, I mean, of course, you know, you, you get a concordance out, and you, you just look up the word place or places. I mean, and there's just, there's just hundreds of references in the Old and New Testament that have that word in it. So, I mean, I just kind of started going through them, and this is at 5 o'clock. That's why I was just coming out here a few minutes ago at 5 o'clock. You know, I'm starting to go through all this, trying to, okay, now, Lord, where do I start with all this? You know, and so, and so I, I, I began to, to look in the Old Testament and, and, and New Testament and, and, just, and just look at different things. And so at this point, I've been able to kind of, I've been able to kind of capsulize some things into, an, into a couple of places here, a couple of places here, and uh, to just see where to, where to go with this. But, you know, in the, in the Old Testament, there were specific physical places that God referred to. In the Old Testament, we find the children of Israel many times came to a particular place where God had brought them victory. And they came to that place and they marked that place with an altar so that when they came back by that area, they would see that altar and it would remind them of what God had done in that place. 
And, and so I began to look, and, and Abraham, Abraham went out at one time, and, and, and God told him to get up and to go out to a place that I will show you. And then it says he, he wandered around, he, he did several things, and, and, it's, and at one point he came back to the place from, of the beginning. You know what? There are times in our lives where we need to revisit the place of our beginning. Just like Abraham did. I mean, can you imagine you, you've been raised in a, in a certain location, in a certain place, and God tells you to get up from here and go to a place he will show you, and you're going, uh, okay. And so you, know, you do some things, and you, and you come back around, and then God shows you right where you were when he talked to you about a place from where you began to walk in a divine path. Mm. Sometimes you and I need to go back and revisit the place where we began that divine walk, where we began to walk in the divine plan for us. There is a place. All of us have had a place where God has brought us from and he's brought us out from and we're, and we're going from that place into something else. So anyway, I was looking at that, you know, and in, in, in Exodus 13, you know, you see where the children of Israel were led during the day by a cloud, uh, a pillar of cloud, and at night by a pillar of fire. And every place that the cloud stopped or the fire stopped, that was the place for right then. Just signifies, you know, that God will carry you on a journey, and he will carry you in stages. And every stage where he stops, you stop. And when he begins to move, you move. You stay at the place where God has stopped. You continue with him until the next time when he's got you at another place. There's a, there's a dream. You know, when I get in the car on a long trip, it, it helps me a great deal not to look at the fact that I'm going all the way to, let's say, Tulsa. I'm not going to, right this minute, I'm going to Valdosta. You know, or I'm going to Birmingham, or I'm just going, or I'm just going to Lake City for Pete's sake. You know, you know, to me to break it all up. You know, these in small increments, and see, God will do that for us. He will take us from place to place. Reminds me of the scripture over in Second Corinthians where it says we're being changed from glory to glory. That is a place of glory that we're being changed from one place of glory to another place of glory, and it's an it's a, it's a stepping into these things. You know, we, we step into these things, and when we look at the journey of our lives, if we, just, if we just go in increments, number one, it doesn't look hard. It doesn't look long. It doesn't look like it's, it's never going to end. You know, you just take it one step. To me, it's just it's another goal that I've reached. Another, this, this place is just part of the, of the, this is the goal for today. And see, God will lead us in places, from place to place. And then I went over and I found some other things in the New Testament. Well, what is the very, when you talk about New Testament and the word place, one of the very first things I come up with is John 14, 2. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. Somebody ought to be shouting. I go to prepare a place. Jesus himself has already picked out a place, and he's working on my place. He's there preparing my place right now. Now, for somebody who's just coming out of a building project at home, I understand what that means to prepare a place. 
I know that the work that's involved in preparing a place. I know that the, the care that's involved in preparing a place. I know the effort that's involved in preparing the place. And I'm just thanking God that Jesus has gone to prepare a place for me. I'm not going to inhabit it today, maybe not even tomorrow, but he's getting it ready for me. The certificate of occupancy hasn't been signed yet. You know, so, so I'm going to stay here until that place is ready for me. Acts 2.1, they were all together in one accord in one place. And maybe that's what started me on this on Sunday. I, I don't know, because pastor was talking about them being in, in one place. And in 1 Corinthians 11.20, it talks about when you come together in one place. 1 Corinthians 14.23, if the whole church come together in one one place. There is a time that you and I need to be together in one place. There are things that can happen when we're together in one place. Acts 4.31, you know, the, the, children, the people were together and they were praying. And it said when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they had been assembled. Listen, there's some physical shaking God wants to do in our lives. And, and a lot of it has to do with when we come together and we join ourselves together and we put the corporate anointing it in action and we come and we, and we put our, put our, our thoughts and, uh, aside and we put our, our, our events of our lives aside and the daily things that are going on, we put those aside in our lives and we get together in one place, together in one place. We can expect things to get shaken. It may not necessarily be a building that's shaken, but I'm telling you what, things in your life can be shaken off. Hallelujah. Things can be rearranged and shifted. You know, the place was shaken. I want to come in here every single service and find out that when I walk out, I say, this place was shaken. Amen. It might just be in me or it might be in the whole body, but the place was shaken. There's something that happened. Yes. Hallelujah. Because we were in the right place at the right time. Hallelujah, with the right people. Hallelujah. If you go on over to Ephesians 1.3, it says he's blessed us. This is where you get from the physical to the spiritual. Ephesians 1.3, he's blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Ephesians 1.20, talking about Jesus, that God set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. And Ephesians 2.6 says he's made us sit together in heavenly places. There is a position that you and I occupy today because of the fact that Jesus Christ lives on the inside of us. A place of authority, just like, just like Miss Rayleigh found out, a place of authority. From that place, we can take authority over the works of the enemy. From all the things that he's trying to accomplish from that place of authority we can share what God has given to us and shown us from that place you know we do everything everything flows out of the place from where we sit because we are in him hallelujah you know and there's there's you, know, you go back to references all through here and it talks about bringing you out of a place bringing you into a place leading someone into a ne the next place i mean there's just so many things you can see there but you know it really says here you know in in psalm 32 verse 7 he said and again in 119 114 he says thou art my hiding place i tell you what when when you need a place to run to God is our hiding place. When you need a place to go sheltered from the storm, he is our hiding place. 
He's, he's the one that wraps us up, brings us in, and protects us just like the little chick gets under the mom and the mama hen and just and says, no, come on in. Come on in. Come on in. This is, this is your place. Come on in. It's my hiding place. Job 16, talks, 16, 18 talks about a place of understanding. Proverbs 14, verse 26. I've got on here my notes. says to read this. So maybe we'll read this. Um, are you there? Proverbs 14, 26. It says, in the fear of the Lord is strong confidence, and his children shall have a place of refuge. Have you found yourself in need of a refuge, a place you can go to in the quiet and the storm? God is our place of refuge. It's a real place, a real place. It's not like down the street at Alachua, but it's a real place that you and I can go to any time we want. You don't have to get in the car. You don't have to take an airplane. You don't have to, you just have to just go to that place that God has prepared. You know, there's a place of refuge for his children. And you and I can find it any time we want. First uh, Chronicles 16, 27 says, glory and honor are in his presence. Strength and gladness are in his place. You need some strength. You need some gladness? Get in God's place. Get into the place where God is. Don't just run from it. Get into that place. People can come into a service when everything is just going, I mean, the service is just going well, and they still maybe not find that place. I'm telling you what, it's, you have to put some effort sometimes into finding that place. You can't just sit there and just think, well, God's just going to dump it on me. No, it's up to us to enter into that place. Come into his courts with thanksgiving and it, what, is it, into, what is it, his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. You know what? There are times when I, I, just, have to, I just have to go back to, to something that's just like the old little you know, a little saying is, fake it till you make it. If you come in and, and there's no strength in you and there's no gladness in you and everybody else seems to have any, but you don't have anything, you're in the middle of, of what, you know, must be looking like, you know, God's doing something for somebody. I don't know. It's up to you to enter into his courts with thanksgiving. It's up to you to enter in with praise. It's up to you to step into that place. It's up to you to find that place in him, that place of strength, that place of gladness. you got to put some effort into it. I mean, I heard Keith Morrison one time talk about, about just stirring up the joy on the inside of it. And he, and he, just, he just said, I just, I just sat down and just went, ha, ha, ha. No life to it, no nothing. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, 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 And then it, as the more he did it, the more he did it, the more real it got because he made a choice. I mean, I say fake it till you make it. You know, somebody's going, oh, that's not God. Listen, my flesh needs to, make, needs to be forced to do what it does not want to do. That's what I mean by fake it. It may not be, the, the man on the inside is already there. It's our flesh that's going to have to be convinced that it's got to go along with the program. And so you just start off with ha, 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 sometimes through gritted teeth, 
Ha, 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 ha. I'm telling you, you keep doing it. It'll become more real to you. And the more real it becomes to you, I mean, the more it's going to start bubbling up. It's like turning the burner on under something. It just, you know, at first it doesn't look like anything's happened. And then here in a minute, you see this one little bubble. Boop. You let it keep going. Another bubble. Another bubble. Another bubble. It's, it's too bad those old percolator pots from the 60s aren't still around, you know. You know, the little Mac, anybody remember the Maxwell House commercial? Yeah, yeah. That's the way, that's the way our joy life ha- is sometimes. You know, it's, it's just one little boop. If you're going to find that place where his presence and his gladness is, you're going to have to do something about it. You're going to have to tell your flesh that you're going to that place whether you like it or not. That's where you're going, and I'm going to make you go there. Hallelujah. Ah, hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Thank you. Hallelujah. Genesis 28, 16, Jacob is is there, and, and he's been having an experience with God. And, and he made the statement, surely the Lord is in this place. We need to recognize when God is in the place. We need to recognize when he's talking to us, when he's working in us, where he's, where he's advocating for us, where he's encouraging us. You know, and say, surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. Amen. Sometimes we come in, we go out. Nah, nothing, no big deal. But I'm telling you what, God is here anytime we gather together to meet your need and to give you answers and to give you what you need and to supply everything that you have, any questions that you have, he's here to supply those answers. When we need to recognize, just like Jacob did, that surely the Lord is in this place. Hallelujah. Exodus 13, 3 says, The Lord brought you out from this place. He, he was, Moses was talking to the children of Israel. Surely the Lord brought you out from this place. And that immediately sends me over to 1 Peter 2, 9, that you've been called out of darkness and into his marvelous light. You were in a place of darkness. He has called you into a place of light. And when I was reading this, I immediately went to Acts 26 when it says, and this is our church vision, to turn their eyes from darkness to light. That's what you and I are here to do, to take people from a place. You know what? Bringing them out, leading them in. Just like in the Old Testament, he was talking to them, I brought you out, now you bring them in. You know, he wants us to bring people out and bring them in to something, to bring them out of darkness and into light. And, you know, even as believers, we can sit here in, in any, any service when there's a need in our life, and if we can't grab a hold of the fact that God is the one who will take, who will give us the answer, who will provide, who is already, who's already healed us, who's already given us everything that we need, you know, then we have to bring ourselves out of a place of darkness. You and I are, are all the time bringing ourselves, by using the word, to bring ourselves out of a place of darkness darkness, a place where the enemy has got us just convinced that there is no, there's no possible way, there's no light here, there's no nothing here, I can't see, I can't, I don't have the answer, I don't have this, I don't have, and bring ourselves out of that place of the darkness that he's got us in and bring us into the place of the light of the word of God. There's places to go and things to do. Amen. 
Hallelujah. Deuteronomy eleven twenty four and Joshua 1, 3 both say the same thing. Every place the sole of your foot shall tread, that have I given you. And immediately I went to Ephesians 6, 15 and said, where it says that our feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Why is it shed with, why are our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace? So that we can walk step by step right into the plan of God, no matter what it looks like, no matter if it looks like there's nothing to put my next step on, my foot is going to go out in the midair. No, it's not. Our feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace so that just like in the Old Testament, we can say, surely every place on which the sole of my feet shall tread, they belong to me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Uh, I'm, 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 just, I'm just kind of, you know, finding all these things here, folks. Um, Hebrews 11.8 says, By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which she, he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Abraham had a promise. But until Abraham was willing to obey and to step out into the place that God was telling him to go, there was no inheritance, folks. There was a promise. You know, and some people will never receive what God's had for them because they won't obey. They just won't obey. I'm guilty. Many things God's had for me over the years. Many things he's tried to get me to do. And I didn't obey. I could see what the possibility was. I could see what the promise could be. I could see the potential in, in what God was leading me to do. But I didn't obey. And so by not obeying, I never enjoyed what he had waiting for me. See, there's a lot of things God's got waiting for you. You're just going to have to take the next step and start in that direction. When God's got something for you, he will tell you, he will reassure you that there is something there for you, waiting for you, but you just got to get busy. Step out. Take the next step. Go. Abraham would never have gotten, would never have received that inheritance had he not obeyed. Deuteronomy 12, 5 and 14, as well as verses 16, uh, chapter 16 and verse 16, has this phrase that I want you to hear. It says, in the place which the Lord shall choose. Understand your blessings are in places that the Lord chooses. Not that you choose, but that the Lord chooses. You have the right to make a choice. I mean, the, the word says that I've said before you this day, life and death, blessing and cursing, choose you. Choose you. But it says choose life. Make the right choice. But remember, it's a place God chooses. You know, in the Old Testament, you, you found there's a, there was a couple of people who made the wrong choice. God told them a place to, to go, like Jonah. He told him a place to go. He didn't choose right. He wound up in a mess. Now, he eventually got there. Thank God he eventually got there. And, you know, when you and I make a bad choice, 
we can eventually get there. We can, we can make some alterations. We can make some, some determinations here that we're going to obey God, and, and God will get us to where he initially wanted us to go to start with. And then we'll see the end result was so worth it. So worth it. But it's because that's what the things that God chose. Look what happened to Lot. Lot was given the option when he and Abraham, their, their flocks and their herds and their people, you know, were all getting in each other's way. You know, he, he was given the ability to choose which way he wanted to go. And so he chose what looked like a good choice. Never said that God told him to go there. God, did God ever tell him to go to Sodom and Gomorrah? No, he chose what looked good at the time. He, th- he chose what looked easy at the time. He chose what looked that it wouldn't cost him a whole lot, that it wouldn't be hard. There wasn't too much difficulty in a place that was all green pasture and all that. And when he got to that place, oh, he just thrived, or so he thought. He became a person who sat at the city gate, was respected, you know, he had a place in society. But ultimately, the choice he made cost him everything. Cost him everything. So, you know, sometimes people make choices and they wind up in places they got no business being. And at first it looks real good. But the proof's in the pudding. And the end result is what you're, is what you're going to be looking at. What's the end result? Lot's life did not go well because he, he, he didn't consult God. He didn't consult God. He had to find out. He just looked and he let his eyes lead him into a place he had no business ever going. No business ever going. And then you go to the New Testament, you look at Paul. Paul, who, who had people say, if you go to this place, this is what waits on you. This is what awaits you. You're going to be this, and you're going to be bound, and you're going to be this, and da, da. you're going to be in prison. And, and knowing that that was the place God was sending him, he could say, it's okay. I'm going anyway. Because that's the place God chose. He knew that's where God was sending him so he could go. Over in 1 Kings 17, verse 4, the prophet just got through on Mount Carmel. Oh, my heavens, what a glorious day that was. Just got through on Mount Carmel, and here comes Miss Jezebel who says, I'm going to kill you, and off he goes. But God had a plan for him. Instead of him, he didn't have to run, but he did. But anyway, God said, he said, he told him a particular place to go. He said, I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. Tells me, folks, that there is a place where God's provision is the most abundant and full. I've commanded the ravens to feed you there. Not along the way, but there. Get yourself there. Too many people want God's blessings, but they want it in in their position and where they want to go in the place they want to be. No, when God said, I've got provision for you there, you better take yourself there. Because you can stop along the way and you might experience a little bit of blessing. Maybe there's a whole lot more ravens there. I don't know. You know. But he said, you go there. I have already provided for you. I've already, I've already provided a place. I've already, I've already given the provision waiting for you. The ravens will feed you there. Be careful where your there is. Make sure it's the same as God's there. Hallelujah. Jeremiah 14, 13 says, But I will give you assured peace in this place. In this place. 
Find out what this place is. Where is the this place that God's talking to you about? Haggai 2.9 says, In this place I will give peace. In this place. You know, sometimes people think they can stay home from church and they can get everything God's got for them just by staying home. That's not the place. That's not the place. Home is not the place. I mean, live stream... Thank God for it in so many ways that, you know, if you just can't get there or maybe, maybe you're in, you know, want to experience a conference or something that's being live streamed, thank, and you can't drive or, or fly to wherever that conference is, live stream is available. Thank you, Jesus, that you can get in on it. But when, when you can physically get there, you got no business staying home because that's not the place. And sometimes I've had people say, you mean you could, the, the anointing on that CD was just, it was still there. The anointing on that live stream service was there. What, it, it wasn't in the fullest measure it could have been had you been where you were supposed to be. Mm, I'm just meddling. I'm sorry. Hallelujah. First Chronicles 30, verse 16 and 3510 says, it was talking about the Levites. And, it's, and it says that they stood in their place. Their place, not somebody else's place, their place. Too often people want to stand in somebody else's place. they like, oh, that place looks so nice. Can I stand in that place? It's not your place. You need to get back over there to your place. But yet they don't understand that. You know, God has an assignment for them in a particular place, and this is where you need to stay. This is where you need they They stood in their place, and they took care of business in their place. Um, Isaiah 54.2 says, Enlarge the place of thy tent. Listen, that tells me that God has given us the option of reaching for more. There is a place for more. You need to have a vision for more in your life than what you're currently experiencing. There is a place God can take you from. You, maybe you're blessed right here, but I'm telling you what, when you enlarge the place of your tent, when you enlarge your vision, when you're ready to stretch yourself, and sometimes stretching doesn't feel good. Go to the gym and do some stretching. You know, at the first it's like, oh, man, that's great. The next day you're going, oh, my goodness. You've stretched some things you haven't been stretched in a while. To, to enlarge the place of your tent requires some stretching. But if you're going to have that place of enlargement, you will have to stretch. You will have to reach for more. You will have to expect more. Don't be satisfied with where you are now. Be satisfied to the extent that you are where God has you for right this minute. It's just like that pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire. When God's got you here and and it stopped, stay put. But keep looking, keep looking, keep looking. When he says move, it's time to move. It's time to move. It's time to move. Enlarge your vision so that you're ready to move when the next, when God's ready to move you. When he's ready to do something, when he's ready to say, okay, let's, okay, let's, let's go this way. Let's do this. Let's do that. And be ready to stretch. D- don't ignore it. Don't hesitate. Don't say, I don't want to do that. Disobedience is a terrible thing. 
Thank God when somebody says, I don't want to, at least I know they're being honest. Instead of throwing up all these smoke screens of all these excuses. But when you say to God, I don't want to, that's probably not a good idea. Probably not a good idea. He's going to look at you and just shake his head probably and go, you're missing out. You're the one who's missing. You're the one who's, who's, who, who has more available to you that you're just not willing to go out there for it. Enlarge the place of your tent. See yourself having more, doing more, being more. Don't let the enemy tell you you can't have it. Don't let the enemy tell you that you can't be it. Don't let the enemy tell you you can't, ha- you can't reach that high. You cannot. When anybody, anytime you hear the words you cannot, you know it's not from God. God says, I can tell you that you can do all things. All things. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Now, here's a good one. Ephesians 4.27, nor give place to the devil. God's got a place for you. The devil wants you to make a place for him. Do not make a place for him. Do not listen to him. Do not let him tempt you like a carrot with a, that you use for, to, to get a horse to do something. Don't let him tempt you with anything. Don't give him a place to keep you out of your place, to keep you from the place of enlarging, to keep you from the place of blessing, to keep you from the place of provision. Do not give him place. You kick him out. You identify him as trying to get his foot in the door, and you send him on his way. Do not give him place in any area of your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Second Kings 6 and verse 2. There is the, widow, the, the woman and, and the, the man who have, you know, who have the, the prophet come stop by all the time. And then one day she said, let's make a place for the man of God. Let's make a place for him. Today I, I saw this, you know, just in run references and that stuff. And I said, make a place for him. Yeah, okay, make a place for him. And then, and then it just suddenly you just kind of opened up the fact that you have to make a place for the ministry gift that God puts in your life. Just because somebody comes to a church doesn't mean the pastor is their pastor because they don't make a place for him. They'll come and they'll sit in, in a church Day in and day out, week in and week out, year in and year out. And yet that man who stands in that pulpit is not their pastor because they've never made a place for him. When you don't make a place for him, there's a lot of blessings that will not come your way. This woman and her husband made a place for the prophet. And the day came when she needed what that prophet had. And the only reason she was able to to enjoy the blessing that that prophet had for her is because she had made a place for him. Made a place. You can tell people's attitudes in church. You can tell whether they receive you as a pastor. 
You can tell whether they receive what you're saying to them. You can tell whether they're enjoying the blessing that should be evident in their life because they receive the gift that God's... And that's what a ministry is. It's a gift. It's a gift to you that you have to receive. And you have to make room for. You have to make a place for. Just like this woman made a place. And she didn't make a little humdrum place. It wasn't bare bones like the, the gentleman in Miss Iris's picture who had, a, who had a table and a little glass of water and a little piece of bread. And it was just bare bones room. That's not the kind of place she made. See, there are times when people will make, will make a place for their pastor, but it's bare bones. It's just bare bones. I'll receive you this much. In this area alone, pastor, will I receive what you have to say to me. I will receive this much of what you are trying to put into me. No, this woman, she made a place. She furnished it with the finest. She outfitted it and equipped it with the best. She provided for him with everything that she had. She was a wealthy woman, and she provided him with the best that she had. The person who sits in the pew and receives their pastor in that kind of a degree will see no end to the blessing that God can put into them. Now, I don't believe, you know, that you put a pastor on a pedestal, you know, and he's God. He's not. Every pastor worth anything understands that they are a servant. They're, the, they're an under-shepherd, that Jesus is the chief shepherd, that my job is to serve, not to be served. But on the other hand, it's your job as the person sitting in the pew to bring honor to that gift to respect and receive and to make a place for that gift to have an effect in your life. There's that place. And just like she prepared a place for the prophet, you need to prepare a place for the gifting that comes out of the pulpit. Because God has intended for you to receive blessing because you do prepare that place, because you do make that place and that place available. Hallelujah. And I'm over, but I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to finish with this. Uh, 2 Corinthians 2.14. Go with me real quick. I want you to read it. And just, I'm just reading it out of the regular King James. 2 Corinthians 2.14. And then we're going to read a couple of other translations. Well, you know the first part really well. Now, thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph in Christ. And here's the last part. And makes manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. Well, now that's a little hard to understand, but here's some other translations. The Amplified says, makes evident the fragrance of the knowledge of God everywhere. 20th century said, uses us to spread the sweet odor of the knowledge of him in every place place. And the Berkeley translation says, who evidences through us in every place the fragrance that results from knowing him. You and I have the ability to influence the places that we go because God always makes us to triumph. 
And he's made us the evidence. He brings evidence to people in every place, the fragrance that results from knowing him. Hallelujah. Amen. So that's what I got out of the word places on Sunday. You know, so maybe it ministered to you, maybe it didn't, but I just figure at this point I did what God said do. Much as I tried to get out of it. I did. I had something else that was going to be really good, you know. But this is what he said do, and I decided I better obey. Because it's the place that I want to be in is a place of obedience, not a place of going, oh, no, Lord, I don't want to do that. So hopefully it made sense to you. I believe that God had it, had it for somebody for some, for some reason, but you and I have, a, have places to go and things to do. God's got places he wants to take us. He wants to enjoy. He wants us to enjoy. He wants to be good to us. He's got provision for us in specific places. He's got, he's got plans for us. He wants us to just take it and go to enlarge our vision, to enlarge the place of our tent, and just see what wonderful things can be accomplished for the kingdom of God. Amen. Good night. Go home. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.